Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Mason Dixon Experiment Podcast. So for the second episode this week, we're going to be talking with our good friend, team member, and founder of Tree Stand Safety Awareness, Glenn Mayhew. So let's jump on the call with Glenn and let's get into it. All right, everybody, we're here now with Glenn Mayhew, one of our staff members here at MDE and the founder of TSSA, which is Tree Stand Safety Awareness. Glenn, how you doing, my friend? Doing well tonight, Jordan. How, how are you doing? Doing great, doing great. So first off, uh, Glenn, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell the fans a little bit about you, what you do with MDE, and then um, about your TSSA and what you do with them also. Sure, be happy to. So as Jordan said, my name is Glenn Mayhew. I'm also known as the Silver Fox uh, with Team MDE, and all because I have white hair, but uh, I, I like that. So I, li- I live in Virginia, and uh, I've lived here all my life. I've got a pretty unique background when it comes to outdoors. I'm a hunter ed instructor here in Virginia, so that, that adds some uh, creativity to it, uh, being in the education component. I'm also a dean at, at Radford University, and so education's been near and dear to my heart uh, for a good bit of my life, as well as by trade, I'm a firefighter paramedic. So uh, safety, uh, that the medical side of things uh, comes into play when we talk about the great outdoors. So I'm able to blend all those things into a, a pretty unique background that is rather uh rather good when I'm out uh, speaking to crowds or introducing somebody new to, to the great outdoors and uh, hunting. So glad to be on tonight and uh, looking forward to, to getting this season started. Yeah. So like you said, Glenn, you got a background that's really when somebody says a jack of all trades, you really are that. I mean, you got the diversity through, like you said, safety, and being a dean at a school, and then your hunting background also. So it's really cool to have you on board with MDE and have that diverse background. And it just makes for an interesting person and then an interesting story too. Yeah, and, you know, and that's that's one of the things that, that I really like about MDE is the diversity of the group uh, of all of our different uh, field staff that we have. I, I think that makes MDE something special. And so uh, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, I completely agree. And speaking on mine and your relationship, it's, uh, it's not, it's, it's kind of different, you know? I mean, I met you first time ever, um, drove all the way up to Louisville and um, met you at the ATA show in 2019, I believe. And um, yeah, was it 2019 or 2018, Glenn? It, it was either 2018 or 19. Uh, it may have been 19. Yeah, yes. so that's what I was saying. So I drove up and uh, got introduced to Glenn at that show. Um, he was my guide, per se, that day and uh, at ATA. And Glenn really showed me the ropes and got me introduced to a lot of great folks at ATA. And uh, that was kind of the start of our relationship. And, you know, little did we know at that time that um, he was he knew a lot of people that I knew he knew a lot of guys that I played college baseball with. He was friends. Um, he was friends with their family. Their kids were friends with his kids. So it, it really was neat 
uh, relationship that we got built in the future and really it hit closer to home than we really imagined. Yeah. And in fact, I, I had coached all of those kids that were playing ball with, with you, Jordan, there uh, at, at your college. So uh, I, that was something else that I did. I have coached baseball for many, many years, which is, I know a passion of yours. And so, uh, yeah, we had that immediate connection. Yeah. And that made it, that made it really easy to connect um, with you right off the bat, even at ATA. And it really, made a good uh, relationship that we've continued to this date. So that's been pretty neat. Uh, let's see. Let's go in. Glenn, let's talk about preseason prep, what you've done leading up, what food plots, minerals, what have you done leading up to the season? Sure. So I, I think of preseason as three components to preseason for me. Uh, one is what am I doing at my hunting sites? Uh, two is what am I doing with my equipment? And three is what am I doing with myself to get prepared? So, so let me break that down a little bit for you. So uh, let's, let's start, start out talking about myself. How am I getting prepared? I, I'm a true believer in getting yourself prepared for the hunting season. And what do I mean by that? Um, number one, I think getting yourself in shape and the proper shape for hunting season. So, I'm running almost every afternoon and, and working out, trying to get myself ready to go for the season. And the reason that's important is early in the season, it's really hot out there. And so I find the better shape that I'm in when I'm making those long walks into my tree stand or wherever I'm going to be hunting, uh, the better I'm able to handle that. And I don't get as sweaty and as tired walking in. I'm able to carry that gear a lot easier. Number two, working out also helps with getting my muscles in shape, ready to pull that bow and doing a lot of repetitive practice. You being an athlete know the importance of uh, preseason practice and and uh, getting yourself in shape for the season. So so I'm a true believer. A lot of people don't think about that, but I think I do believe it makes a difference in both your mental prep as well as your physical prep and being ready for the season. So that's one. Uh, two, getting all my equipment ready. I, I pull everything. I start in June pulling everything out. I get all my tree stands out. I get my bow out if I haven't already been practicing. Sometimes I'll start practicing even earlier than June. But I get all my equipment, pull it out, look at it. I, I do it, like to do any preventative maintenance that I need to have done, such as on my stands. I'm looking at straps. I'm looking at cables bolts, uh, making sure everything's in good working order. And that way, if I find something that's missing or I need to replace, I've got time to do it ahead of the season. And I'm not, I'm not scrambling last minute uh, before the season to make that happen. And lastly, and perhaps probably the most important thing is getting things prepped out there in your hunting sites. And so some of the things that I like to do is I like to go in and, and start planning where I'm going to hunt, thinking about where I'm going to hunt uh, based off maybe some of the prior seasons uh, activity that I've noticed. I like to cut trails in early. Uh, I may spray a little bit to get some of the weeds. If I've got to go through an area that's got a lot of high weeds, I may take some uh, some weed killer and spray that area so that I'm not having to go through those weeds and leaving my scent as much along the way. 
I love getting those trail cameras out early on where I can start taking an inventory and I'll share just a little bit more about some of the inventory that I have, uh, that I'm seeing already. And, uh, also those food plots and minerals, you talked about getting those out and making sure you, if, if you've already got food plots in place, going in and, and doing, uh, getting the new fertilizer put down, making sure that they're well-maintained for this next season. If you're starting new plots, figuring out where I'm going to put those pot, plots to be strategic. Is it truly a, a feed plot for the deer to come into, or is it a kill plot? I try to run that through my head as to where I'm going to be hunting and what the purpose of that food plot is. So is it a, is it a true place for them to come and feed, or is it a place that they're going to come and stage up and maybe catch a quick bite before they move on a smaller uh, area where I, what I consider a kill plot and uh, getting that prep. So I'll be out on the tractor uh, tilling up the, the land and, and getting the soil tested and, and getting those seeds in the ground. I always try to plan it around. I look at the weather a lot to make sure that I get those seeds on the ground before we're expecting rain. And that way it sets it up for success. Now, unfortunately, I'll say we've been in quite a drought here at home for the last couple of months. And some of the uh, food plots that I started a little earlier this spring have really suffered this summer. So I'm hoping we'll finally get some rain. I may have to go back and reseed some of those areas as we get a little bit later towards fall and to have something ready. So those are some of the things, again, I, I like to think of preseason into those three areas, your self prep, equipment prep, and then your hunting site prep. Uh, getting all that work done ahead of yeah, time. Like you said, you pointed out some very key points into this one being fitness, being in shape, because really, I mean, we're not hunting out on elk hunting out West or anything like that, but this is still a demanding animal that we have to hunt the terrain. We have to hunt things like that. You have to be in shape to be able to be successful and to be able to go in day after day after day and go after these bucks, either be, a mile deep in public land or a long hike into your private land, you still have to be in shape and be ready for that. So I think that's a key point along with what you said about getting your tree stand set up. So I know you're a firm believer in the checking your tree stands and we'll touch on that in just a minute um, when we get into your TSSA uh, part of this. But another thing I like to do, and you kind of touched on it a little bit is getting your stands up early. So I like to get them up around I mean, I really like to get them up. I'm, right now is really my favorite time to get them up. Maybe just in the beginning of August. Um, that's about when I like to get them when it's still really green and I can get some pine branches, brush it in because the pines aren't going to fall. Um, so I get some pine branches, chop them down and put them in behind my tree. So I got some backdrop and I'm not I'm not getting silhouetted a lot. So that's one little thing that I like to do myself um, when I'm getting my tree stands in early. And that's just a little small tip that you kind of hit on, but I just wanted to just give a little bit of tip there. But Glenn, tell me a little bit where you're at. So where are you at right now in your prep? Are you, I know you're not land flu pots. I know you're past that because I've talked to you often, but what stage are you at right now? Well, as far as my prep goes, as I indicated, I, I, I'm running daily, trying to continue to work on my, my, my fitness levels. I shoot my bow every day that I'm home in time to uh, shoot that bow because 
uh, getting that muscle memory down and being able to draw and hold that bow. Because I'll tell you, if you're one of these people that wait to the week before bow season comes in, because I love archery, uh, and just start practicing that week before, that's going to come back to haunt you uh, when you when you have that big buck comes in and he freezes up and you're already at full draw and you're unable to hold your bow uh, for that length of time that you may need in order to get that good ethical shot. So getting yourself prepped, getting those muscles ready so that it's no issue pulling your bow back, holding that draw for whatever time length that you need to have. So I, I I'm out there. I'm slinging arrows downrange uh, every afternoon. I'll I'll run, then I'll come in, get my bow, go out, shoot arrows. And one of the things I do in my practice when I'm shooting is I like to every so often, probably at least once a week right now, I'm actually practicing from an elevated platform. So I actually have two stands that I put up. I'm fortunate. I live in the woods, so. I have two stands that I put up in my backyard at different distances to my targets. That way I can actually practice from an elevated platform. If you don't have that ability, practice off your deck. Uh, that's a, always a great, great way to practice shooting that downward angle. So again, getting those muscles used to uh, shooting from that angle. But I, a word of caution, anytime you're practicing from an elevated platform out of your tree stand, always have your harness on and be connected. So uh, that applies even during the practice time. The other thing is is running trail cameras right now. Uh, I'm I'm still I've got food out for them. I, I do put corn out to help me get that inventory on a number of the properties that I hunt. If I didn't put that food source out, it would be almost impossible to get a good inventory. Either that or have a uh, camera over a mineral site. One of the two. Uh, in order to get that good inventory of what's what's on the properties at, at this particular time, so that's that kind of gets you uh, an idea of where I am right now as far as prepping for the season. Uh, I've got like you mentioned, I've got stands that I'm getting ready. Probably within the next one to two weeks, I'll be putting out and uh, get those in plenty of time, and that way the deer are getting used to it. The other thing I like to think about is scent control. As I get ready to go out and put those stands up, even if it's a month ahead of the the, the season, scent control is always important, uh, an important element to consider when you're going out there. Because those big mature bucks, they take note of every time you're going in and out, and they 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 know the direction you're going. They can smell you. They they're watching you as much as you're watching them. I think some of the times. Yeah, that I completely agree on that. I had a couple couple big ones that I was watching last year and like you said I felt like they were watching me and knew my patterns just as much as I knew their patterns so I completely agree with you on that so talking about big deer um I know I know what you have on camera right now so let's get into that tell me a little bit about your hit list what are some bucks do you have any names picked out what are some bucks that you're just ready to get after this year yeah so I actually I do I've I've pretty fortunate this year i've probably got about five deer on my hit list right now and i've got one actually i've got two properties that i've not been able to get access to that i will be hunting this fall but i haven't been able to get out to uh put cameras out yet so i'm really anxious to get to those two but but right now the let's see i've got cameras out on one two three 
three or four properties right now, and I've got at least five deer on my hit list. One I call Turkey Foot. He's got a really odd left main beam where out on the end, it actually comes out into three points on the end, and uh, it looks like a turkey's foot. So I've, I've nicknamed that deer Turkey Foot. Uh, I've got another one that's a really wide eight-pointer. He's probably 20, maybe pushing 21 inches wide, calling him Super 8. Uh, after the hotel <laughs> he's the super eight um and then i've got a a nine pointer that i'm calling it the crab claw nine uh he's he's new i i don't have any i don't have any history with that particular deer and you know, all that has shown up and he's obviously he's got a crab claw a big crab claw out on his right main beam that are really really unique looking and uh that 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 particular deer really has some massive uh bases he's he's a very mature deer uh i've got another i've got a 10 pointer also on on one of my properties that i just call the straight 10 because it's just nothing but a a pretty 10 pointer very symmetric uh looking on both sides and uh, nothing special about him but just a beautiful 10 pointer and then one deer that was on my hit list last year that I never saw face to face. Anytime I was hunting, I got lots of trail camera pictures of him throughout the season. I had him bedding within 15 and 20 yards of my, of my stand at night. Uh, but I never laid eyes on him last year. I called that deer Medusa and that deer was, uh, had 15 or 16 points on him last year. He had a, he had a normal, uh, right side main beam where he had four points. So if he'd have had another, he would have been a, a, just a typical eight pointer. But his left side had just a massive base and had points coming out everywhere on it, and thus the name Medusa. It, it, it was just the oddest looking rack. So I was wondering if he had had an injury on the opposite side that caused that. Well, this deer, that deer is back. I'm already getting pictures of that deer, but his left side is not as crazy this year. He's got the right side with the typical four that he had last year, and his left side, he has nowhere near as much trash. He looks like he's probably only going to be about a nine-pointer, but looking more typical this year. But I know it's the same deer just by by the size of him and um, the shape of his rack. It's very uh, He comes straight up. Uh, it's, it doesn't come around and out. This deer's rack goes straight up. I bet you his rack's probably 20 inches plus to the top of it. It's It's got a really unique shape, which makes it very easy to identify this deer by. So those are a few that are on my hit list. I'm anxious to get some cameras out on a few of the other properties yet that I have. And I and I hunt properties anywhere from from the smallest one I have right now that I'm hunting is about 40 acres. And the largest property that that I'll be hunting is uh, just over 400. But I'll be honest with you, I really like those small properties. If you can find the right small property, especially for bow hunting, uh, it, that, that's a sweet deal. If you can figure out those trails and the patterns of those deer early season and hone in on them in those small acreage places. Plus, I find many people, many hunters overlook small acreage properties and thus the deer feel more comfortable being there. So I, I like finding those nice little, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 acre 
places to hunt. Uh, I, I have really good success yeah, there. Guys, let me tell you, like, I've seen the pictures that Glenn's getting right now. And when he says a big buck, I mean, it's, it's a legit big buck. He's got some absolute studs on camera. Hey, um, in our group chat and it is an absolute giant. So I'm looking forward personally to seeing what Glenn puts down this year. Cause that really has me excited. And hopefully you guys will get to see it on the Facebook page, the TV shows and everything like that. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to. I know Glenn's excited, but that's, that's a really big goal of mine is to get some of Glenn's deer on the ground. And I know that sounds weird, but trust me, when you guys see these deer, you'll agree with me. So Glenn, tell me one deer. I want you to pick one of all the deer you have on camera right now. Pick one deer that you want to get down next year with that, or this year without a doubt. Just pick one. Yeah, I'd have to say it's the uh, just the straight 10. And, and the reason behind that is I've never killed a 10-pointer. I've hunted all my life, and I have never killed a straight-up 10-pointer. I've killed 11s, and I've killed others with more points, but I've never killed just a beautiful, symmetric 10-pointer. So that, that's that's a goal of mine. So if, if I had to pick one out of that bunch, it would, it would be just to get a nice, symmetric, big 10-pointer. So that would definitely be my number one, but – I'll be honest with you, Jordan, if any of those that are on my hit list, if they come close, I, I'm, they're going to be uh, having an arrow or bullets uh, going their direction. <laughs> I completely agree with you. <laughs> I completely agree because those things, I'm telling you, those deer are fantastic deer. So let's get away from the hunting a little bit, Glenn. Um, I want to touch on something that's important to us at MDE, important to you, and that you introduced me to, like I said, at ATA, it's something that I really like. I get behind. I'm super fortunate to have met you and you teach me some of these things. Um, I practiced them, but it's nice to have you relay that information and give us more facts about things. So tell me a little bit about TSSA, what TSSA is, and I know you're the founder of it, but just who you guys work with, what you do, and just what it's all about. Yeah, so thanks, Jordan. Yeah, TSSA stands for Tree Stand Safety Awareness Foundation. We're, we're a national nonprofit. We have a full board of directors, and we've been in, in existence for about five years now. Um, and I, I appreciate what Team MDE has done in supporting tree stand safety. They've, they've been great partners. In fact, that's how Britton and I, uh, the host of MDE, and I met, he had reached out to me through the Facebook page of TSSA and wanted to find out more information. He wanted to do some tree stand safety video content. Little did we know we only lived two hours apart. So that was, that was a, a pretty interesting story there. But let, let me let me diverge back to, to where we got started. So TSSA was really not only my brainchild, but it was also um, within the industry. Uh, I, I wanted to do something more with tree stand safety. I knew that was a significant issue 
for us as hunters, uh, especially as deer hunters. In fact, falling from tree stands is the number one cause of our deer hunters on a national level getting either hurt or killed. And so I wanted to do more, more about it. And so I'd reached out uh, to a couple of different organizations and shared some of my thoughts and ideas about TSSA and they liked it, but they said, Glenn, that's, that's going to take a lot of money to, to run an organization like that. And we just don't have the funds to do it. So I'm one of these, uh, I don't stop with one. No, uh, I like to keep going. And at that point in time, I really didn't know anybody in the industry. I, I knew absolutely zero people. So I said, you know what, I'm going to reach out all they can do is tell me, no, I'm going to reach out to Hunter Safety System, who makes uh, the, the Hunter Safety System vests. And many of you know the lifelines that they make and other great products. I reached out to them and said, hey, I've got an idea I'd like to share with you about doing something on a national level uh, for raising awareness about tree stand safety. And, and lo and behold, I got an email back from them, which completely caught me by surprise. Again, I didn't know anybody there. Uh, that they wanted to talk to me. And so we set up a phone conference call and uh, I started sharing my thoughts. And it turned out they had been wanting to do the same thing. In fact, they had started to introduce that idea as well uh, to some other people. So it was, uh, I really will truly believe God had something to do with this and brought us together. It was that perfect timing, perfect situation. The next thing I knew, I'm down in, uh, in Alabama at Hunter Safety Systems headquarters, meeting with them in their board of directors room. And um, after a few hours, and we, we put it on the table, we created TSSA, and uh, I was our founding president, and it's it's been great ever since. And, and we're really fortunate. Our board of directors are representative of people, great people from across the outdoors industry, uh, including product manufacturers, uh, those that are working in the retail environment, in the hunting industry, also those in the media world of, of the uh, hunting industry. So I've got a great blend of people that, that serve on my board of directors, and, and they, are, they know all the right people. So it's great when they can reach out, make the connection for me, and open that door, and then I take it from there. And, uh, and you know, I've, I've quickly learned how to work that and I've tried to share that a lot of that with Jordan Jordan mentioned me introducing him to people at ATA and uh, that's how things got started so our whole focus is tree stand safety awareness uh, September is tree stand safety awareness month because that's the month that most people get back out either putting their stands up or or actually hunting uh, uh, there's actually a couple of states where the season comes in even prior to September, but September seems to be where we get the most traction on social media. And so our goal is, is simply this, is to raise awareness and to share best practices on safety uh, surrounding tree stands. And we have a platform, an educational platform that we use. It's called the ABCs of tree stand safety. Being in education, I believe in keeping things simple. And so we boiled it down to three simple steps. A stands for always remove and inspect your stands. We as hunters do not do a good job of doing this. We leave our stands out year after year in the woods, exposed to the elements. 
And those stands are not designed to do that. So people complain when a strap breaks and I'll say, well, how long has that stand been in, in the woods? And they say, oh, it's been out there three or four years. People, those nylon straps are not designed to be left out year after year. The UV rays from the sun will break those straps down, weakening them, weakening them along with tree growth or squirrel chewing on it. You combine all those factors, you've got uh, something bad waiting to happen. So take your stands down, do the preventative maintenance, and we can prevent a tremendous number of falls from actually occurring by doing that. The B stands for buckle on your full body harness every single time. And I mean every time that you're off the ground. That includes if you're out practicing from a tree stand, you're putting a tree stand up, you're hunting, or you're taking a tree stand down. Wear that harness. You don't know how many stories I've heard, Jordan, that have been sent through to me through social media or through phone calls where people have said, you know what, I've always worn a harness, but that one time that I didn't wear my harness is when it happened. And so we want, we want that to that to go away uh, wear that harness every single time and lastly is the c and c stands for connect uh, connect before your feet leave the ground we want you to buckle that harness or attach that harness or connect it at ground level to either a rope safety line such as a lifeline or uh, the linesman's belt if you're using a linesman's belt to put your stands up or take them down be connected 100% of the time. A lot of people will tell me that they wear their harnesses, but they never connect until they actually get into the stand. And the problem with that is, Jordan, is that the majority of the falls happen actually outside of the stand. In fact, about two-thirds of all the falls on a national level occur off the stand. So they're either during the climbing phase, the transition in or out of the stand, or the uh, descent phase coming down out of the stand. So if you wait to connect your harness till you get in the stand, guess what? You've left yourself vulnerable during the times that you're most likely to have that fall. So if you'll practice the ABCs of tree stand safety, that's going to keep you safe and coming home safe to your family and friends after every hunt. Because you know what? That's what it's really all about making sure that we all come home safe to our family and friends where we can enjoy the great outdoors. Yeah, and like you said, Glenn, that that's the main goal, right? So, I mean, you got to think of it in that way whenever you're going out and hunting, because, you know, it's dangerous when you're going up 20 feet, 25 feet, et cetera, in a tree. And, it, and really, if you want to bring some light to it, um, if you kill or if you buck, like that and something happens on the way down to your tree or anything like that you can't you're not going to be able to get home and tell the, that story to your friends your loved ones and anything like that so that's it's really important to focus on the abcs and that's something that that's one of the things that glenn introduced me to um whenever i first met him and he continues to teach us at md about those different things and we really appreciate it but that's one thing that we at NDE has a, have adapted also is the safety, the ABCs that Glenn has put in place and wearing your safety harness. We preach and preach and preach that. And we have great, great partners with um, the safety harnesses and Glenn at T TSSA and all of our sponsors that we have are always pushing wear your safety harness, be safe in the woods, 
put your safety on on your guns, keep your guns pointed in the direction of, of clear, like keep your guns clear, your barrels clear and everything like that. So safety is super important. And we talk about at MDE a lot about kids getting in the woods. And Glenn, I know you know this, but there's lifelines with hunter safety system that are tandem lifelines. So that's a great tool that you can take your kids in the woods with you attach them at the ground with you and you guys both get up the tree safely not have to worry about a thing you can take your kid in the woods get him up in the tree stand and he can be safe from the point he leaves the ground to the point he touches the ground again so that's one huge thing that we like to talk about that we use throughout mde um britain takes his kids out he uses the tandem lifelines it's just a great asset it's a great tool to keep everybody safe i mean it's it might be a little bit extra money but you're talking about your life in this point. So you got to be safe. You got to take that extra step and just, just invest in yourself at that point. So Glenn, tell me. Yeah. Consider it, consider it an insurance policy because once I will tell you, once you start using those lifelines, you'll never want to climb a tree again without one. That is a fact. It brings that just sense of security to you whenever you're climbing, especially on a lock-on tree stand. I know a lot of people are weary of those. So if you get a lifeline, lock in from the bottom, stay locked in when you're at the top, you'll feel secure as if you're in a ladder stand. So that's an important tool. I use it. Glenn uses it. Pretty much our whole staff at MDU uses it. We swear by the lifelines. That's something that we love. We live by and we use them every day. We're in the woods. So Glenn, if you could, please, Tell the people where they can find you on social media and uh, your website. Just where, where can people find TSSA at? Sure. So our website is treestandsafetyawareness.org. Our Facebook page, if you just go to Facebook and type in Tree Stand Safety Awareness, that'll take you right to us. And the same with our Twitter account. Uh, tree stand safety awareness and uh, you can reach us through any of those or you can reach out to me if you have a specific question you don't feel comfortable doing it through social media feel free at any time to reach out through uh, my email and that's tree stand safe not safety tree stand safe at gmail.com and uh, send that to me and I'll be happy to help you with any of your questions or comments, but yeah, get out there, like us on our Facebook page, just like uh, Team MDE. We want to increase our, our numbers on our Facebook and social media pages. Same with um, with TSSA. And we do a lot of great giveaways on the TSSA um, Facebook page. And especially as we start getting closer to Tree Stand Safety Awareness Month, uh, we literally give away thousands of dollars worth of merchandise from our great partners that we have um during the year so check us out i'd love to have you on board as a yeah, follower if you guys need any help trying to find glenn um if you need any help trying to find tssa you can always shoot mde a message on our facebook page we can help you we'll get you in contact immediately with either glenn himself or the tssa team so that's not a problem for us to do so glenn i want to thank you a lot for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you as always. Um, it's always great to talk to MD's Silver Fox. And um, I just really appreciate it, man. And I'm sure all these people loved hearing about 
your plans, your hit list, what you have ready for the year, and ultimately learning about a little bit about TSSA. So I just want to thank you for joining us. And if you could, close us out with the MD saying. Yeah, so Jordan, uh, first of all, thank you to Team MDE for having me be part of this. Uh, it's, it's, it's my honor to be part of Team MDE and to be able to share some of the knowledge um, with everyone there. So uh, just remember this, shoot, shoot straight and get your kids out. We'll see you all next